When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to episode 138 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal, your other host. Cal... We are wrapping up December. We are wrapping up the month. We are wrapping up the year. Thank God. <laughs> Our final episode of 2020 dropping here today. And we are reviewing one last episode of Static Shock before we turn the calendar page, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, we've actually reviewed more Static this year than we ever have before, uh, which, is, uh, which has been a good thing. It's been... You know, maybe a little rough at times, whether it's the music <laughs> or the animation for some of these earlier seasons. But uh, yeah, when you when you kind of jump into it and you review it for a couple weeks in a row, you you know you don't you don't notice it as much. So uh, it's been it's been cool to be able to to cover these four episodes that we ended up doing this month, and uh, certainly looking forward to getting a chance to cover it uh, in the year 2021 when uh, all things will be okay, everything will be fixed, <laughs> there will be no problems because when that calendar page turns everything is uh everything has changed yeah. uh so <laughs> uh <laughs> just kidding uh it's everything will be the same uh but uh, today <laughs> uh, on that note today we will be discussing uh the static shock season one episode the breed uh, which, of course, uh, you mentioned last week is our series debut for uh, one of the big bads, one of the recurring uh, big bads, that being Ebon and his uh, his gang of other bang babies that, uh, that uh, we'll be discussing today. So looking forward to that. And, uh, Liam, this episode, before I throw it over you, to you for the official IMDb synopsis, we'll just mention that this episode aired uh this is one of those also that is uh there are different sites that report what day this was originally <laughs> aired on uh the dcau wiki says uh december 10th 2000 uh, which was a tuesday i don't think that's the case uh there's an uh, when you google it google comes up with october 7th which was a saturday so i'm gonna go with the one that was a saturday because i don't remember too many episodes premiering uh of static on a tuesday so october October 7th, 2000, meaning we just celebrated the 20-year anniversary of this episode. How about that? Feel old yet? (laughs) Yes. I know, I sure do. Very old. Yes, but before we get into our plot, visuals, music, and voice acting, I will, of course, kick us off with the official IMDb synopsis for The Breed, which was written by Christopher Simmons, directed by Dennis Cohen, or Cowan, I've never known how to say that, and I apologize. He's one of the co-creators of the character. I should probably learn it. Next year, that's that's my resolution. I will learn, <laughs> Mr. Cowan or Cohen, I will learn how to pronounce your name correctly by this time next year, if by some miracle you're listening to this. Um, music by Stanley Clark, with animation by Coco, and that synopsis reads as such. Virgil's friend Derek, a track athlete is transformed into an ionic energy being. 
Ebon, the malevolent leader of the Metabreed, tries to recruit him, but Static must convince his friend to resist joining the group before it's too late. Oh, a little bit of intrigue there yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, let's just jump into plot here, Cal. Um, so this one, I appreciate it because this isn't a very special episode. We don't get <laughs> a moral about like joining in with the wrong crowd at the end. But there is some elements kind of touched on um, about how like the Bang Baby transformation is not like a cool, fun thing for a lot of people. Like, uh, in the case of Derek, uh, Virgil's Friday transforms into this, like, giant, like, like I don't know, like... Hideous light- monster. Yes, light up, <laughs> he's like light-up Clayface, basically. It's yes. like this oozing electrical monster. A blob, if you will. Yes, and he, he meets up with Ebon, as you mentioned, Ebon and the Metabreed, which in this episode can, consists of just Talon and Shiv, who we've talked about briefly in other episodes, but... Yeah, Talon has a line about how just because it didn't mess up your face doesn't mean it's, you know, that 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 it's been a blessing for everyone. And that it's, it's... Call me Ebon, master of shadow and darkness. Not very modest, are you? No time for modesty, hero. I believe you met my partners. Talon. We've already bumped into each other. She's our little turtle dove. Then there's Shiv. aim is off today (laughs) not the only thing that's off shiv makes light energy weapons the sharper the better and this is our latest recruit a powerhouse of ionic energy destruct he's a little shy at first but he warms up don't i know it so you bring me down here for a meet and greet more like a proposition oh really join us we're a new breed the meta breed good for you but I think I'm out of your species. Just because that gas didn't mess up your face doesn't mean you're not a freak like us. Ugh. Up there, they call us creatures, monsters. They force us to go underground. But it's all to the good. We've been biding our time, bonding. Take Destruct here. Up there, he was an outcast. But with us, he's found a home. Right, Derek? <sighs> Derek. So there, it's this weird like underground trio of of bad metahumans that are have decided that that society won't accept them, and so they're trying to get this kid uh, destruct, as he comes to be known, to uh, to join with them. And of course, we we find out that destruct is actually Static's friend Derek, who he's he was helping to tutor uh, and, just prior to his transformation. And there's some sort of like you know some classic tropes there. Derek is a uh, high school athlete allegedly who just happens to be like six four and have the jaw of like a <laughs> a a thirty uh, five year old man. Uh, he's outrunning all of these kids as we were introduced to him at uh, at Dakota High School, and uh, so he's he's swooned over by a few different females, including uh, 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 Virgil's sister. And, uh, so we, we get the sense that he's, uh, he's known for being a good looking and popular dude, uh, 
Static is going to help him out with his algebra, uh, and and as he's helping him out, he sort of mentions and goes through one of these uh, these moments where he's having these cramps and he's not sure what's going on. And then later on, we get the transformation, and wouldn't you know it, he's a hideous monster, uh, sort of a uh, you know something that we've seen before in the sort of. Uh, ben Grimm transforming into mm-hmm. the thing, or you know, uh, I guess to a to a letter, lesser extent, Mark Ruffalo turning into a, the Shrek. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. Um, so uh, yeah, so you know, it's it's not exactly an original trope there, but some of that is played uh, up on, or there's some undertones there, and it's sort of happenstance. And it, and as you mentioned, this whole idea that these are. Uh, some bang babies or most bang babies are thought of as freaks or monsters and uh you know as uh, as Derek is turning into destruct his first official transformation and as you mentioned into that clay face like blob is he's on a public bus and obviously he he doesn't know what he's doing he sort of doesn't have any control over his powers he doesn't even know what's going on he doesn't even know that he's transformed into sort of this monster like creature what he looks like so again it's sort of happenstance and then you know he interacts with the police uh, car that happens to be driving past and accidentally knocks it over so there's some very familiar tropes here of sort of this this monster no fault of his own is turn, transforming into it and is rejected by society and then welcomed with open arms with a bunch of other uh, rejects who claim that the only option that he has at this point is to turn to crime so that they can get theirs yeah, yeah, it's there's a little bit of like uh although I don't think they're a villainous group, the Morlocks from uh, the X-Men comics, uh sort of the mutants with uh, the more grotesque physical mutations that uh aren't uh, aren't as welcomed into society as say someone that has big angel wings on their back or something. Um it's yeah, it's it's interesting they like I said it's interesting because they don't go down the route of trying to make this either about like you know, judging people on their looks or about like fault, you know, an impressionable good kid falling in with the the bad crowd or whatever. Like it's pretty much a straight up, just normal superhero story. Like there's not a lot of subtext to it beyond that. Um, yeah. Which I think is fine. Like it's, it's, it's straightforward. It's easy to watch and like the plot moves along uh, well and, you know, Virgil, Virgil is concerned about his friend and goes and asks his mom about him and, and then they he he sort of slowly pieces it together, kind of in the middle of the episode. Ebon even tries to get Static to join him, and maybe it would have been interesting to actually see Static like wrestle with that for a second. He doesn't consider but it, but no. And again, he's the good guy, and I know you don't want to. You know, maybe that's like because it's a children's cartoon, and you don't want the the hero of the piece to even for one second consider joining with the bad guys, but. Um, yeah, that's that's so. It's it's just kind of this straight up story. Once once Virgil figures out that it's uh, that Destruct is is his friend Derek, he kind of just goes back to the hideout and and makes a plea to him to to turn his life around. And and they escape on a subway car and kind of fight each of the the three members of Metabreed one at a time and and kind of ride off. And the it's not a happy ending. Derek doesn't transform back at the end, but he does agree to, you know, basically be it. They, they literally say he's going to go be a guinea pig for metahuman research. Yeah, um, what a good guy. He donated himself to science for experiments yeah, to be yeah. done to him. So hopefully his his <laughs> uh, his brain and kidneys can uh, 
when once they're dissected can be used <laughs> can be used to uh, to save some other some other bang babies down the road. But yeah, it's not so it's not a, like a super happy ending, but it's it's kind of just like, well, my friend's back and we're happy and that's that's the end. I mean, it just ends with Virgil and Richie walking out of the hospital, so it's not even like we we had a big, uh, you know, final moral of the story, like I said. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a, a fine, solid episode. It introduced some reoccurring characters, as we mentioned, Ebon being one of the big bads of the whole series. Um, but as an episode, just watching it in in a vacuum here, as we do, like it's it's okay, but it's nothing. It's really it's kind of hard to almost grade it because. There isn't a lot like wrong with it structurally as far as a plot, but it just doesn't delve into any of the stuff other than that brief moment of Talon yelling about, you know, how it just because it didn't mess up your face doesn't mean that it's a, a picnic for the rest of us or whatever. Other than that, there's really nothing in here that's that's getting at anything deeper than just the bad guys are trying to convince Static's friend to join them and Static doesn't want him to. Yeah, and I think in a vacuum, I think it's easy to say it's just kind of like a very middle-of-the-road episode. I think looking at it, thinking about this, this is the third episode overall, I think, in production order, at mm. least. Uh, so, you know, we covered the first two episodes. We talked uh, just a few weeks ago about that second second episode, uh, after Afterburn? I think, Aftershock. Aftershock. Uh, I should have known. There's always some sort of... <laughs> they always use those uh, those those electricity puns whenever possible. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, for Aftershock, there, you know, there was definitely some inconsistencies, a lot of, lot of plot points. There was a lot of stuff for a 22-minute cartoon. And uh, I think that this episode is more finding its... Uh, finding its uh, its footing, I guess, and it mm-hmm. seems to fit more into yes, this wasn't at this time as we've talked about all month a DC AU show, but this fits into this could have been a Batman Beyond episode. Like oh, yeah. watching this feels like okay, this could be a Batman Beyond episode. It's Terry, you know, substitute Terry for Static, and you know. You know, a group of other bad guys for splicers. Yeah, or something. Spli- yeah, yeah, exactly. Then, jokers. Exactly. You could very easily uh, squeeze this into a, a DCAU show. So um, I think for that reason, I think I commend it because they are finding their footing. They're figuring out how to tell a story. And while we have applauded and certainly appreciated some of these real life reality stories subjects that other shows don't touch on and weren't able to or weren't willing to go down mm-hmm. you can't have we you can't have that every single week right because then you're going to turn into a PSA show or a, a show that really does preach or talk down to its audience and that's Agreed. obviously there's there's a balance we talked about that with last week's episode and finding a balance between you know being a superhero children's cartoon and having a message to share so i think having an episode uh, or having the majority of your episode sort of fit into that sort of generic structure of okay what's the story that we're trying to tell here this is the story of a of a young man who by no fault of his own is transformed and then is trying to kind of find out where like what he does based on this now that he has mm-hmm. no control over being this sort of monstrous figure. So, um I do commend them for finding at least some sort of footing and writing yeah. a writing a decent story. I I think, you know, like you said there's there's some interaction also there is some investigation that has to be done. Uh, Richie ends up ends up lending Static a hand. Static has some investigative work. Is 
uh, Iban initially tries to tempt him into joining uh, in joining his group. He he sort of doesn't show Static where he takes them, so Static has to try and piece together where this uh, where the subway station is. And he only has bits and pieces. So the fact that Ricky R- Ricky that Richie is able to uh, <laughs> to assist him in that, and Richie also plays a big part because uh, we do introduce uh, as we we learned the name of it last week, ironically, but the Static Saucer makes its debut. Uh, by name this week. That's right. Yeah, it, it hadn't occurred to me that in the first couple episodes he's just flying around on a trash can lid. Right. So that this is, and that there was like an official introduction of this. Yeah, it's like a, this folding disc that he throws out. I think they say it's made of mylar. Yeah. That's the same thing that your bullet, your your uh, birthday balloons are made. That's of. right. Yeah. <laughs> so static static's riding around on that and. And uh, yeah, it's but it, yeah, it's a cool little thing. And, and again, I know they eventually retcon in this into being this was the start of Richie's bang baby power was him inventing this stuff for Static, right? Because of course later on he becomes this, this super genius. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's kind of a fun little wrinkle there to see the the origins of uh, some of Static's uh, gear. No pun intended. <laughs> You've really gone mental now, Richie. What am I going to do with this wrinkly piece of foil? Toss it in the air and give it some juice, bro. Hello! (laughs) It's Mylar, dude. Stuff stronger than reinforced steel. I call it the Static Saucer. I call it my slick new ride. And just in time for patrol, too. Man, you're the man. Just doing my job. And, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a fun little wrinkle here. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, overall, Cal. I think it's just a it's a solid adventure episode. Uh, nothing to write home about, but nothing bad either. I went with a six out of ten for plot. Nice. I went just a tick higher. Uh, you're right. There's not a lot of stakes to this episode. But that doesn't mean that it's it's uh, it needs to be. Like we said, there it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a a, a PSA episode. It doesn't have to be a world ending episode. These episodes fit right in uh, to the structure, and and uh, you know we learn a little bit more about some of our characters. You flesh out some more of Static's uh, rogues gallery, as it were. You know these characters obviously come back. We've already covered episodes where these characters come into play later on. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we talk, We'll talk about that a little bit in visuals in just a second, I'm sure. But uh, I ended up giving Plot a 7 out of 10 for that reason. I, I think it's enjoyable. It's, uh, it's, it's harmless 22 minutes of, of cartoon fun, uh, which at the end maybe doesn't have the happy ending. Like, I, I don't know that that's a happy ending for the character. He gets to be a guinea pig. Like, right. Uh, and he's, he's not brought back later on, so there's not like a redemption where he gets to use his powers for for good or anything like that mm-hmm. so this is this is the beginning and end of Derek's story arc here so uh yeah it would have been nice maybe if we get a follow-up with that but uh for what it's worth seven out of ten ain't, ain't bad no definitely not and that will move us on to visuals and animation for this week cal we are of course still in the very early episodes of static uh back to that season one uh look which again not that different from season two which we reviewed last week but uh yeah, I I think there are, I like the design of Destruct. I guess we can start there. Uh, he's the new villain. Um, like I said, it basically just looks like light up Clayface, for lack of a better term. Yep. But it's a it's a it's a cool it's a cool looking design. Um, the transformation scene where he tra- he's in the bus and he kind of it's kind of weird. Like it's like all these little like sparkles go around him, and then his body lights up. And the way what his body appears to be made out of, it almost seems like he sort of melted into it. 
Uh, and again, maybe it's not, it is and it isn't fair to compare it to, say, like the Clayface transformations and in uh, Batman the Animated Series or even like, uh, I don't know, Magma from Batman Beyond or something. But like, that's kind of where my mind went based on the the overall character design. And right. so... I I was let down a little bit by the the transformation scene, but overall not a not a bad look. And of course, we have some other villains as well. Yeah, uh, one note that I had like the transformation reminded me of something that you would see in a Super Friends cartoon. There's like <laughs> po- it almost looks like fireworks that pop off, and I think. Ebon mentions later on during his exposition scene that uh, that Destruct's powers are kinetic energy or something like that, I think. Or was that when he's talking about Shiv? I think he's talking about Shiv's powers at he, that point. He mentioned something specifically about, about what Destruct's powers are that I didn't make a note of. Bioelectricity, they refer to it as. Okay, whatever that entails. You do, I mean, I would assume, isn't that what Static has too? Like, <laughs> I guess. I, I, I don't know. But Shiv's powers seem very similar to Static's also, except he could just create they're all energy based yeah Yeah, it's all energy based stuff that they're creating out of their bodies but yeah uh, i i think that that transformation yeah i I would agree and then there's a brief scene later on where where he uh, derek is sort of in this uh this abandoned uh the abandoned subway station bathroom where he's faced up against the mirror and trying to transform back into his human form and he does for a second and transforms back that wasn't great either uh, but the rest of the character designs, you know, we've talked about it before on additional episodes that we covered as far as uh, Talon's look um, and certainly Shiv and, and Ebon. Uh, Ebon, I think, obviously is the standout. Shiv, absolutely, hands down, sealed it this week, is my absolute <laughs> least favorite Static Shock character. Like, he goes behind whatever character you're going to think of, like, way behind that guy. Uh, like Ferret? Yep, worse. <laughs> <laughs> undoubtedly worse his voice we'll talk about him voice acting but I, I cannot stand the way that they wrote the character he's just he's there i guess he's supposed to be comedic relief but he's not funny it's not witty uh and uh i i did though appreciate the fact there there's a scene where they're robbing a sporting goods store and static has to uh to t- try and uh take them down and as they're jumping into this uh sporting goods store he uses a kinetic energy boxing glove uh to knock yes. out one of the guards i thought that that was a uh anytime that you use a boxing glove for whatever reason i don't know what it is with comic <laughs> books and boxing gloves but it's always a good trick. it always so, works yeah I, I appreciated that but uh i think the standout though you know is definitely ebon oh for sure uh, one yeah one note on Shiv before we move on to Ebon uh, is just I don't under I understand they they explain what his powers are, but like sometimes he turns his hands into the weapons like knives or a hook to, that he uses to latch onto the subway car near the end of the episode, and other times he can like create he throw he has like throwing stars like that, physical objects right that he can throw like projectiles that he can throw out that are that are like solid blades it's not like they're energy blasts that right. he's ex, you know exploding out of his hands correct like, so he can do both i guess so he can just create like a full sword and hold it in his hand or he can turn his arms into swords. It's almost as if they decide based on what the artist drew, what his powers right. are. Right, <laughs> or like what, what they maybe wanted for a specific, uh, yeah, what, what the director or storyboard artist wanted for a specific action scene. I Correct. Guess is, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of inconsistency there for sure. Yeah, no, and, and again, either is fine. I just, I was like, wow, he can, it feels like it should be one or the other, but it's both apparently. Or it feels like he should be a better, like a more menacing villain based on that. Yeah. And he's, like, he's constantly just like... The 
the butt. Uh, is there uh, maybe there's an episode later on starring just Shiv, but him being I don't think so. Him being a lackey for Ebon seems like a vast underuse of this guy who can create like just anything yeah, in his he, mind. And based on his personality, uh, like you would think, like maybe he's one the Joker would have kept after he came right. to town. Like right, like the his his only personality trait is like he's a weird psycho. Who likes to cut people or likes to throw <laughs> knives at people? Like so, like you would think that would be right up the Joker's alley, but he didn't. He didn't keep him when he uh, when he got taken back to Gotham. But uh, Joker didn't think he was funny. I guess. No, I guess not. But uh, yeah, I definitely think, as you mentioned uh, a bit ago here, Cal, uh, Ebon definitely once again the standout. Uh, just the simplicity of the design, which I'm sure we've talked about before, but also just the, the way his powers are visualized here. Are, uh, same thing as where. It'll, he'll be it'll be someone standing against a wall and then suddenly there that person's shadow will sort of turn into Ebon or be overtaken by Ebon's shadow kind of coming off the wall and then as you can create these sort of portal things uh you know the swirling black and purple coloration on those and then uh, are cool and and the way he sort of like envelops static when they kidnap him at the one point and then the way he's sort of chasing down the uh the subway car at the end. Some uh, some really really cool stuff. I definitely think Ebon is is once again kind of the standout, at least as far as our villains go. Absolutely. Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention also there was a uh, a little Easter egg if you caught it. They mention uh, where the abandoned subway station is is on Milestone Street. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So of course you know referring to Milestone Comics, the or- or original uh, publication that was responsible, created by Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, and Dennis Cowan, Dennis Cow- Cowan, Cohen, and, Cowan, right, and, and several others. <laughs> next year, next, next year, year, we're gonna learn it. It's on the, it's on the list. Um, you know, so, so that that was a nice little cute little wink if you if you were able to grab that. Uh, I think, I think it's funny you mentioned uh, mentioned uh, e- Ebon. I think that also gives us our best static moment of the week, which uh, you know, Ebon has this moment where he sort of is enveloped around Static, and Static uh, kind of supercharges and his. Uh, the logo on his shirt, whatever reason, there's no real explanation <laughs> for why only the logo on his shirt right. lights up. But uh, it, the logo on his shirt electrifies, and he's able to kind of burst through Ebon. I thought that was an that was a really really cool looking way manifesting the Static's powers. Um, uh, you know, overall, we are we are back again. We're in season one here. Uh, <laughs> this isn't going to win any awards for dynamic animation. Uh, we're not going to draw any comparisons to any Max Fleischer cartoons with uh, with his artwork here. Right. With that said, though, I think that the this episode, because of the different interesting visuals that we have from Destruct to Ebon, Shiv and Talon, and then you know that sequence that I mentioned about Static, um, you know the introduction of the Static Saucer and, and the way that it works, uh, I you know the boxing glove, everything <laughs> like this setting of being at a sporting goods store. Yeah, that's the, a really unique location for, it, uh, for a super villain fight. Yeah, Static uses a uses a soccer net to sort of capture talent at one point, and uh, you know, so there's there's baseballs and baseball bats used when uh, when Shiv is, is is hitting things to try and get hit Static. So, uh, really unique setting there. Really good job. Uh, I went with a very strong eight out of ten for visuals here. Nice, and I am right there with you with my own eight out of ten. So. Uh, 
yeah, a couple of very strong animation scores, especially very strong considering uh, the <laughs> the curve we're grading on with it being uh, these early episodes of Static. But yeah, I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff, and as you mentioned, a lot of cool ways that Static uses his powers as well throughout the episode. So yeah, definitely a lot of fun. And that will begin to move us on here, Cal, to our third category, and this should only take about 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, music, of course. Uh, music this week. My apologies. Uh, music by Stanley Clark, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, no offense to Mr. Clark, I did not have one note or one moment that I noticed music other than, like, there's a weird part where when uh, when uh, Derek transforms, I think, there's, like, a weird, like, wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, the sound, the music that they went for and the, the, the choice to go with him seemed very out of place. It would be, it was something, like, you would see, yeah, like, either in, like, I, I don't know, a, a, I almost said a children's cartoon, and this is a children's cartoon, but, like, a, a very different situation children's cartoon, like, oh, like a very sad sack sounding, but not, but also, like, awkward sad sack, not, like, I, I don't know how else to describe it, like, yeah. it was not appropriate for the scene that it was being played in, and I think it was actually the scene where Static was trying to, like, appeal to him to to stop oh yeah or to you know to stop the path that he was currently on so ripping off sporting goods stores what kind of athlete are you barnett how'd you i know it's you derek don't go out like this man he's out to get you ice this sucker now Uh, yeah I, i i didn't have a lot of notes either obviously the static theme comes in uh, there's some music that that plays during the final battle scene on the uh, on the uh, subway, which uh, hey, they they borrowed that sort of abandoned subway station from uh, Batman the Animated Series. You know, mm-hmm. we, we haven't covered the episode yet, uh, or they do, but uh, I I love that setting. I didn't mention that, that when we were talking about it in visuals, but that's another great setting mm-hmm. that they chose. But uh, yeah, so the music I I didn't I barely had anything listed here uh, as well um i will say as i i mean as a compliment there was no distracting music we're still early <laughs> on here in the uh in the show as we've mentioned so there's no songs being added with lyrics playing in the background uh Ebon doesn't have a theme song with lyrics that's played sadly uh you know there's not with that said though there's not an Ebon theme either mm-hmm. that i feel really plays or sticks out like you do with some of those other villains that we've talked about or other characters that show up uh and reoccur so uh i i didn't i don't have anything to hate on for this episode but nothing to really love either so uh i went with a just a middle of the road five out of ten uh and i also had the same exact score once again that being a five out of ten nothing wrong with the music in the episode just nothing that that really stood out either so that's where we both landed on that one and that will bring us to our final category cal which is of course voice acting not a huge cast this week. Some names we have mentioned in the past. Uh, Tia Tashada as Talon. We have Brian Tochi as Shiv. He is the worst. Can we, we pause for a second yes. and just say, wow. I, 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 again, I, I don't... I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> if his goal was to be just the most <laughs> annoying character that you could think of, then by all means, like, 
what a great casting choice. And he's not bad in that he does a bad job. It's just no. I cannot stand the character <laughs> and the choice and direction to make this character and his laugh. It's it's just it's unbearable. I cannot stand this character. Whoa! I'm rolling in the Benjamins. <laughs> Care for a swim? You play around too much. <laughs> Loosen up. Buy yourself a manicure. And I can't be, I cannot express that enough to you. <laughs> how, how much I do not like the character of Shiv. You know, it's a shame that our episodes are always just titled whatever the name of the show we're reviewing <laughs> is, because this episode should really be called Cal Hates Shiv. Boy, do I hate Shiv. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I guess you're not supposed to like him. I guess maybe in that way, he the the he's successful in, in being a character that you don't love, but... Boy, do I just not love the choice in choice, like in how to portray this character. Fair enough. And uh, moving moving on to some of our other nothing. Actors. You don't have anything on your. What do you think about Shiv? It's, it's like yeah, I th- I don't like. I think it's fine. Like like it's annoying, but like I think that's the point. He's like this weird weird knife pervert. Like, <laughs> like that's that's his character, and that's. That's his role in the group, is to be, like, the unhinged one that, that Talon yells at, and then Ebon comes in and goes, both of you, shut up. Like, that's kind of, that's kind of the, uh, that was my, my briefly and then immediately aborted attempt at a, at an Ebon impression. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I feel like that's, that's his role. Like, that's his role is just to be, like, the wacky guy of this, of this group, and he does it okay. Like, I don't... I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you that it's annoying, but I just feel like that's kind of the point. Um, Fair enough. But moving on to uh, to some of the other actors in this episode, we do have Bumper Robinson as Derek slash Destruct, uh, veteran voice actor, voice cyborg in the Justice League Doom movie. Okay. Um, and uh, several other projects as well. Uh, lots of voice acting under his belt. He's fine. Like he doesn't. Not a lot's asked of him in this episode. Like we said, we don't. We don't get like a big "woe is me" moment where he has to really like emote at all. He's just kind of. He's the jock at the start of the episode, and then he's just kind of the guy who's unsure of himself, and he doesn't talk a lot for once he's at part when he sort of reluctantly has joined Ebon's crew. So, like he's fine, but nothing really, nothing really stood out about him to me other than that. Yeah, he's he's. He's just kind of okay. Like there, like there's not a lot that's asked of him. Like you said, they put a weird voice effect on him mm-hmm. when he does his his transformation. Uh, that sounds interesting, but we don't get to hear him talk a lot. I actually thought that like his monster form couldn't talk or something like that, but then he eventually does end up talking. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, and I think at the beginning, I mean, he sounds like a. 35 year old man attempting to be a play a a 16 to 18 year old boy so um you know that's not his fault that's he was cast in the role i don't think that he did anything offensive in his it's certainly no shiv right 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 (laughs) (laughs) and i will just mention normally a character who got this little play wouldn't get a mention but i will mention uh telma hopkins plays uh Derek's mom, who I just mentioned, because she was Aunt Rachel on Family Matters. Okay, there we go. Um, so that's, uh, I think she was one of those characters. There's like a bunch of characters on that show who just like 
one day just weren't on the show anymore and no one ever talked about it. There was like there's like a whole daughter who just disappeared on that show. <laughs> that happened a lot. Remember it happened on the well, Aunt Viv got recast on yeah, Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was that was the thing that happened. So Yeah, but anyway, but I, I thought that was worth noting because that's uh that show lasted from a long, long time. So sure did. I, I thought that was worth noting. And, and of course, we have briefly Jason Marsden as Richie, Danica McKellar as Frida, uh, and, uh, of course, Phil Lamar as Static Shock. And a couple of other, other and, voices. Yes, and, of course, as is tradition, he must do at least two or three other voices in the episode. Um, it's... Everyone's fine. Like, I don't think anyone stands out as great in this episode, other than, of course, uh, our our main villain of the piece, uh, that being Gary Anthony Sturgis as Ebon, who we've talked about it every time, and it, there's nothing else to say. He's doing an iced tea impression, and it's a good impression. I love iced tea. I love <laughs> iced tea impressions. I love the way that iced tea acts. Like, I love... It's weird. It's weird. And I say that because... It, Ice T is not a good actor. He is he is he is True. really really bad. But there is something comforting in being able to turn on an episode of Law and Order SVU and just watch Ice T, this guy, this badass rapper from like the eighties, mm-hmm. is now like playing this police officer on television and not doing it very well. And the way that he delivers every one of his lines. So when you then have somebody else doing an iced tea impression, uh, Mr. Sturgis playing, you know, as we've mentioned in other episodes, doing an iced tea impression, it's, it's refreshing. I love hearing it. I, <laughs> I could listen to him to do his iced tea impersonation as Ebon all day long. I would, I would take, if, if I was in charge of DC, I would take every scene that had Shiv in it and just cut it, Throw it away <laughs> and add more Ebon. I agree. I I love I love him as Ebon. Um, even like when he's coming, when he comes out and like introduces himself, he's like he's like I'm Ebon, like the master of shadows and and something like that. Something just really over the top, but doing it in this iced tea impression voice, it's funny. And Static's kind of like making making fun of it, and and he just he just shrugs it off because he he's like nuts. Nah, that's my name, and that's what I'm going to go by. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care, right? And I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed his performance as Ebon, and as always, Phil Lamar solid in the role of Static. But uh, yeah, overall, I think it's solid, but nothing too, too great. I settled on a seven out of ten for voice acting. This and week. wouldn't you know, we uh, wound up with the same exact scores for our last three categories. I also went with a seven out of ten. How about that? Uh, yeah, what do you know? Uh, it's almost as if we're related. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there's nothing terrible about this episode. There's certainly nothing offensive or that, that draws seems to really draw away from it. But there's nothing. There's not a lot needed or asked from a lot of these characters. Um, it's you know it's it's a standard 22, 23 minute cartoon. So um, with that being said, that's I think that ends up why we we probably ended up falling in the same with the same score. Yeah, I, I would say that sounds about right. And that will bring us to our final scores this week, Cal. And tallying everything up, it looks like I have a middle-of-the-road type score for a middle-of-the-road type episode, that being a 26 out of 40. 
And uh, despite us having three identical scores, I gave one score an extra point, meaning my score will be 27 out of 40, which I guess means uh, we can talk about rewatchability now, right? Yeah, so that's interesting. Obviously, it is the first appearance of a recurring villain. Um, but as as demonstrated by us already having reviewed multiple episodes with these characters in them, you don't gotta watch it first, like, yeah. <laughs> as we've established by having already reviewed multiple episodes with uh, a lot of these characters in them. Um, like, I, I don't know, I, it's almost one of those ones, like, for Static, it feels mildly important because it's the introduction of this recurring villain. But, again, you pretty much figure out pretty quickly if you watch Sons of the Fathers or Gear or some of the other episodes that he's featured, uh, then you, you know that you can kind of figure out what's going on and who he is and that he's the leader of this group. Like, you figure that all out and that he's, you know, a tough guy that people are scared of. You can kind of figure that all out without having watched this episode. So I'd kind of say this is one you can you can skip. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, obviously this formula of sort of bad guy of the week style, mm-hmm. like, you know, we've seen this played out on in live action DC from Smallville. Obviously, oh, yeah. you're a huge fan of that. You know, Always hold on to Smallville. That's right. What, your favorite, like, Kryptonian-influenced character of the week, person that had been affected by radiation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we see that... Meteor Freaks, they yeah, were called. There you go. And then you had, uh, you had similar stories and, and storytelling in The Flash for the very first few seasons, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, people that had been affected uh, by the uh, the explosion at Star Labs. So you you have a formula, and I'm not saying that they had to follow that, but it's interesting that we saw that play out so much in that live action where it was very formulaic. We'd see how we'd get to know the person's backstory, where they were when this event occurred, why they were affected the way that they were about it, what maybe character traits it enhanced or why it encouraged them to take this life of crime. We don't really get that for these characters here. We don't really learn much about Talon Mm -hmm. or Shiv or Ebon for that matter uh, in this episode, at least. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like a pivotal one where we get. It's not like we get the backstory for for these characters and where right. they were when the when the Big Bang thing when the Big Bang event happened. Uh, with that said, though, it does introduce. You know, it would be like saying Ebon is. I mean, Ebon arguably is Static's biggest and most reoccurring foe throughout yeah, the series. For sure. So that would be that would be like saying it would be okay to skip the first episode with the Joker uh, <laughs> or, you know, the first episode uh, with Lex Luthor or something like that. You know, you know, is that something? Yeah, you can piece it together later on just by the sheer number of times that he reappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, again, it's not an origin story, so we don't get a whole lot of backstory about who this person is. With that said, though, I think it is pivotal to to if you're going to invest in Static, especially the reoccurring this reoccurring group. If you watch the episodes that we've watched where they're just kind of there, you can kind of piece together the story of who they are because it's not as if they don't call each other by their names or you don't figure out what their powers are. Right. With that said, though, I think it's interesting because this does add a little bit of depth to that story for the next time that Static does come back. So I think within the scope of Static... I would say this is a must-watch, or definitely should okay. should watch. 
Um, uh, I, I think it's I think it's fine. Also, you, you do get a little bit of depth in the relationship between Richie and Virgil, and you know, re- get some as we said, some sort of retro or some sort of uh, retroactive uh, Easter eggs are kind of underlying foreshadowing there for who Richie eventually uh, when his powers begin to manifest. So I think that for those reasons, I would say it's maybe it's not a must watch. It's a it's a should watch. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think definitely within the the realm of static, I think you're. I think that's that's a good point. That it's it is the introduction of of his almost inarguably his greatest foe. So it it is worth watching. I think just for that, I think that's a good point. Plus, you get like you know twenty two minutes of iced tea impersonations. <laughs> Uh, you put up with a little bit of shiv so that you get the uh, uh, of Ebon. So, you know, you get the sweet with the sour. So There you go. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week, this month, this year. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. If you like the show, you'd like to, and your listening app of choice gives you the option to leave reviews, uh, go ahead and give us one. We'd appreciate it. It certainly helps us out. Uh, you can also visit our merch page. If you go to dcaureview.com, you can find our merch there. Thanks again to everyone who has uh, helped us grow the show this year. We talked about it more in depth last week, but it's been uh, quite a bit of fun. We had uh, we had some good times, managed to have a, a few silver linings in the dark cloud that was 2020, and uh, we certainly appreciate people that uh, interact with us on Instagram or on Twitter. And hopefully you will continue doing that in 2021, Cal, when we return next week in a new year with a new show to talk about. That's right, Liam. It has been uh, a little bit, actually, since we uh, have been to the beautiful blue skies of Metropolis. What do you say we take a return to uh, old Cal-El and his crew? Sounds good to me. I always love getting to talk about my favorite superhero in Superman and uh, quite a few episodes of that show still to cover, and we will be kicking it off next week with Mixes Pixelated. I know you were trying to trip me up, <laughs> thought I couldn't say it. But yes, Liam, uh, we are taking a trip to uh, another dimension, I guess, within Metropolis here. So uh, that's we, right. Uh, and if we, you have, and if you might have trouble uh, pronouncing it, like our friend, uh, our friends over at Tim Talk do. Uh, pronouncing Mixius Spitlick. Don't worry, watch the episode. He tells you how to pronounce it. Plenty of Gilbert Gottfried awaits uh, us in our future, Liam. Oh, yeah. What a heck of a way to kick off 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of... Well, I can think of some better I ways. I can think of a lot of better that's ways. That's how we're going to kick it off on this show, and we look forward to it, and we hope you'll be back with us. But until then, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Happy New Year, everybody.